0: Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Mizzou. It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field, they were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the flea kicker. It's one of the most famous plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit Columbiatribune.com slash sports and click Tickets. <laughs> Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. I'm Daniel Jones and with me is Cameron Teague Robinson coming at you on December 5th, one day after the biggest recruiting news for Missouri in a long, long time, Tigers picked up the commitment... From graduate transfer Kelly Bryant, who will be, unless something crazy happens, the Tigers quarterback for 2019. And you shaking your
0: head. I've always been told that it's not official until he shows up on campus. That's true. It is not official until he shows up on campus. So, yeah, that's just my thing. I I imagine it's a pretty set and done thing, but that's what I've always been told. Yep, don't celebrate till he shows up on campus, because then you get your heart broke. You know, Cam. I don't want him. Hurt, hurt there's a word for hearts. people like you, and it's called party pooper. Pessimistic? Yeah, I 100 percent am. Hey, listen, you are you are the rain cloud over everybody's parade today. I'm, I'm not trying to be a party pooper today. I'm just saying, I it's definitely a big deal. I mean, I was at Mizzou Arena. For the basketball game, before obviously Kelly Bryant announced it at like what six fifteen something like that, and we were sitting in the he was running
1: on podcast time, yeah, our exactly. podcast time, yeah, Danny Jones podcast, time. <laughs> um, and he was fifteen we, minutes late is on time. Yeah,
0: we were sitting in the media room eating food, and when it came out, everybody was just like, you could just tell the excitement from everybody. It was, uh, yeah, it's definitely a big deal for everyone, and
1: I, th- I mean, obviously, the reason why it's such a big deal is because it answers the biggest question that. Everybody had for Missouri for 2019, which is who was going to be quarterback. You had this crazy lineage at quarterback for Missouri from 2002 to 2018, which has been Brad Smith to Chase Daniel to Blaine Gabbert to James Franklin to Matty Mock to Drew Locke. And every step of the way, that next guy has always been ready to go, like lined up, well in advance of when they actually needed him to play. Most of those quarterbacks actually got experience like the year before they became the starter. Chase Daniel came in and had a huge game uh, when Brad Smith got hurt. That was like everybody's first introduction to Chase Daniel. And then the next season he was a starter, Blaine Gabbert. Uh, Maybe didn't have quite as much, but certainly Drew Locke did, Matty Mock did. Uh, Both those guys came in and, and got reps. So you, I mean, you had this great... Uh, Passing of the torch. But there wasn't that guy lined up behind Drew Locke. You have uh, Michael Wilson and Taylor Powell coming up uh, that are returning next year, but you had no idea what you might get out of them. I don't think um, Barry Odom was comfortable with, with rolling with one of those two for next season, and that was why Kelly Bryant felt so important. And then I think the other thing, obviously, that felt so big was that Missouri landed... The preeminent transfer on the market. He was the. He, I mean, he was the player that everybody was after. Yeah. Uh, Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Mississippi State,
0: and North Carolina, and
1: North Carolina. And yeah, he's going to Missouri. So I think that you know is uh, is a win in and of itself.
0: Yeah. No, it's a, it's definitely a big deal. It just. Could, I mean, just the pub Missouri is going to get in of itself. I mean, it's national national news. This isn't like signing the. Uh, the top JUCO transfer. This is a top transfer from one of the best programs in the country. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely a big deal. And I, I think with how weak Missouri's schedule is next week, next year compared to what it was this year, um, it puts Missouri in a really really good spot going into next year.
1: So what do you think? Do you think Kelly Bryant is
0: going to be the answer to all of Missouri's questions next year? I right. we've talked about my feelings on this. I I get the I get all the hype on Kelly Bryant. My thought is he is. A very good athlete, very good runner. I just don't see him being – he's not Drew. He's not better than Drew Locke. He's not more talented than Drew Locke. Um, And I'm not sure next year's team is going to be better than this year's team. Um, But I think they can be right there. I think with Kelly Bryant, if he comes in and plays well with the offense they have around him, I think you're probably looking at, what, eight or nine nine wins again next year. Um, But, uh, yeah, I just – unless Kelly has improved in his passing ability, like he's always been a runner, always been athletic in that sense. He's just never been a dominant – thrower that i just don't think he's been he's not as talented as drew but like you said it definitely fills the void because the other options were taylor power michael wilson who at least now you have an experienced experienced guy who's been through the fire before he knows how to win at clemson um has played talent in teams he knows he's played louisville auburn alabama um so it's definitely it's definitely worth it but yeah i just i don't know i'm still i'm still questionable on how good he actually is going to be here Right, and I think the key
1: in what you just said, it, 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 the the reaction has been interesting. It was such a big deal yeah. that he committed yesterday. It felt like such a big deal. Like you said, it was national news. It yeah. was on SportsCenter. I mean, there are people meeting.
0: posting on Twitter that this is the best day of their lives. I was like, did you forget Michael Porter Jr. committed to go here? I understand right. he didn't play, but like... right.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, And I think the reason for that excitement uh, is kind of twofold. First of all, for the success that Missouri's had the last two years. They've won uh, 15 games in the last two seasons. Pretty good run, quite honestly. Um, But they have not had a big recruiting victory. I think that, you know, it's like you you had all this success on the field, but as a fan, it's like the – the things you do recruiting wise almost is a different section of fandom as as a college football fan. That was, I mean, the recruiting win that Missouri hasn't had in a long time yeah, yeah. from a football standpoint. Like right, you said, they got Michael Porter. They got the number one player in the country in the ba- in basketball right. two seasons ago. So that was, I think, part of it. I think the other part is, and and this is what I think is really interesting. Um, Drew Locke has been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I but. The trend seems to be, and I think this is interesting about college football, after three years, even really good players almost tend to get kind of stale yeah. and I, that's a harsh word for a player like drew Locke, who's gonna leave missouri with a bunch of records career records single season records single game well, fans records. are just
0: always looking to the future exactly yeah it's just like, like what's next who's coming like, next exactly yeah
1: it's we've had this guy and he's i mean he's really good i mean yeah drew Locke's really good at yeah. bit, you know thinking from the almost a perspective of a fan but yeah. wow next year god look at this he guy played, he played at clemson right he played in the college football playoff Sports Center is talking yeah. about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. it's almost like, yeah, it's just it's new. It's yeah, like after I in the world of college football, if you're around for like three seasons, it's like yeah. okay, Tone I of. need I need something else. Yeah, I, I need a new. Yeah, I need a new stimulus, and I think unless
0: that, you're winning at an incredibly high level every year, exactly. Which and Mizzou's playing well, but it's not unless you're like Tua. At two's level right now, like you, it's gonna get stale. Even shoot, I think even eventually two is gonna get stale. That's a that
1: that's kind of my point. Yeah. I think the, it the level. I mean, you could play really, really well. Yeah. I mean, I've you that trend has been apparent throughout that lineage of quarterbacks. Yeah, so yeah. Chase Daniel might have been the exception, but for all of those guys that came before Drew Locke and maybe even Drew Lock a little bit now, at the end of their tenure. Everybody was ready for the next guy. Yeah. Like Blaine Gabbert, when he was getting ready to leave Missouri, everybody was ready for James Franklin. Yeah. When James Franklin was getting ready to leave, everybody was ready for Matty Mock. Yeah. And midway through Matty Mock's second year, everybody wanted Drew Locke. Yeah. And now everybody's ready for Kelly Bryant. Yeah. Regardless of how good the guy was before, that and passion for the next thing, the next quarterback, the next leader of the team. It's really strong. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's part of the reason why there was so much hype about Kelly Bryant. And to go back to your point originally, the kind of player he is, um, I think that hype might actually kind of overblow a little bit. I agree. the The caliber of player he is. I so agree. this is what he did in 2017. Clemson went 12 and two. Uh, Kelly Bryant completed 65.8% of his passes for 2,802 yards, 13 touchdowns and eight interceptions. And now he added 665 yards on the ground and 11 touchdowns rushing. Uh, as I said, Clemson spent most, spent all of that season, uh, 2017 in the top ten. They never were lower than number seven. They lost to Syracuse midway through the year, but they went into the college football playoff as a number one team. They lit up Miami in the ACC uh, championship, 38 to three. But then they got blown out by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, a lot and of that teams was do. that was I think the moment that Kelly Bryant's future was set in stone. Yeah, that Sugar Bowl kind of opened the door for. Trevor Lawrence yeah. and anybody else that, you know, might be able to come in. So, Kelly Bryant's going to come in next year. He's obviously going to run the ball a lot. I think, I mean, you're going to see a
0: completely new offense. Yeah, that's the thing like next and, year. and I think that's another thing when you're thinking about how good Kelly Bryant might be at Missouri, you have to you can't think of him in the offense they're playing right now cuz it's going to be completely different. Yeah. Like cuz I mean, I understand Drew can run a little bit, but not like Kelly Bryant can. I, Drew Drew is as I tweet every game drew dual threat quarterback lock um but um it's it's gonna it's gonna be completely different i think and i think you'll have two of the best running backs in the sec next year too um so yeah it'll be interesting how they change that up
1: yeah i agree i think that'll be the big talking point going into next year is what do they how do they evolve into the next iteration of the yeah. offense uh but certainly with Larry Browntree, Demari A. Crockett, Tyler Beatty, and Semi Bicari all yeah. coming back next year. Missouri might run the ball
0: so sixty I, times a game. So I was looking up the stats from that Alabama game in the semifinal in twenty. It was actually January first, twenty eighteen, when they lost twenty four six. Kelly Bryant was eighteen of thirty six for one hundred twenty five yards and two picks on the ground. He ran. He ran the most of it by far. The most of any. Other clumps of running back, he had 19 carries for 19 yards, a yard a pop, and had a 20 20 yard run. I don't know if some of those were sacks, yeah, um, but that was just just in terms of playing him against a national championship Alabama team. That just because I mean he's going to be playing the SEC. This isn't you're not right. playing uh, NC State. Missouri is going to play Georgia next year. Yeah, exactly. So um, at Georgia, at Georgia. So um, yeah, just just in terms of that game since you mentioned it, but yeah.
1: And that's interesting, too. I mentioned in the story that ran in today's paper and was up last night after Kelly Bryant committed. Um, this spring, Dabo Swinney was talking about the quarterback controversy, and Dabo never really said that it was Kelly Bryant's job to lose. Uh, I, I, he never he never said it was Kelly Bryant's job going mm-hmm. into the season. It was kind of always, uh, it was Kelly Bryant's job to lose, but it wasn't a set thing that he was going to be the quarterback right. uh, all through the spring, and then once the season started, Trevor Lawrence played a lot when the season started, but but in the spring, Davos Swinney was talking about that game in particular, and he mentioned that you know there were two interceptions, but um, kind of hinted that, yeah, we need a little bit more to compete at that high level. Yeah, uh, just so, more firepower. And that almost might be the it's Tua effect, which is... Now, I mean, last year Alabama, that was with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, what was. they did was with Jalen Hurts, yeah. and now they have two and a ridiculously explosive and efficient offense. Yeah, and it's like every other team in the country that wants to compete with them has to keep up with them. Yeah, yeah. they have to put together this amazing defense, and then on top of that, they Cut have to get a quarterback offense. that can throw the ball down the field yeah. and gain and a it, bunch of yards. And that at just
0: time. wasn't what uh, Kelly Bryant was for right. Them. Yeah,
1: right. So. At any rate, like you, like we said at the top, you get a really uh, experienced guy who's played at a really high level um, coming in next year. You're not going to turn the reins over to somebody who is an unproven asset at quarterback. And I think that's the real uh, key. That's what has yeah, everybody excited I agree. for next season. But certainly, whatever Kelly Bryant does next year, he will have the weapons. I mean, th- yeah. there will be no question that he didn't have enough around him. He'll have four returning running backs. He'll have three returning offensive linemen, starters. And he'll return Jalen Knox, Cam Scott, Albert Okuwebinom. Potentially.
0: He could go to the draft. We don't know for sure. I doubt he does, but just saying. Seems unlikely. It seems unlikely, but he could.
1: Uh, plus, uh, Jonathan Johnson mm-hmm. and Dom Dom Jacinto. Daniel number, Parker. Daniel Parker, that's right. Best hands
0: in the SEC. <laughs>
1: Best blocking hands in oh, the SEC. sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, So it's pretty good weapons to come back to, I think, for any quarterback to, to the, in terms of the situation to walk into. And certainly I'm sure that's one of the things that appeal to Kelly Bryant most, but it was dramatic yesterday when the day he decided to commit we, there were reports out that Gus Malzon made an in-home visit yeah. that day. Uh, what came out later, what I, I actually found out, and what other people had kind of found out as well, uh, Kelly Bryant had decided apparently on Monday that he was going to do Mizzou and he had alerted the staff that that was what he was going to do and uh, that was of course before Gus Malzahn visited and so it kind of put everything back up in the air Yeah. but Kelly Bryant stuck with what he was going to do and so uh, that was that and I, so hopefully we'll learn more about kind of his decision making process as time rolls on everybody's been trying to contact him um, to to talk to him about his decision and yeah, when we won't be able to ask any coaches about Kelly Bryant until so he, he signs seven, seven. a financial aid agreement so that might be later this month or January. yeah. The expectation for most grad transfers in his situation would be come into the spring, participate in spring ball, right, be ready right. to go for fall camp. Um, so that's that's kind of what
0: what the general be, expectation would be, be uh, for him a lot of excitement around the spring game. Yeah, Maybe it won't be, maybe Barry won't say, I hope it's like watching paint dry. Right,
1: right. And that was the other thing that I thought was big for Missouri, was they haven't had an off-season move like this in a long time. Something that really galvanized people and got them excited about Missouri football. But now going into the opener, you have the new quarterback who everybody's excited about you have a new state like a stadium upgrade the construction will be finished on the stadium and you're playing west virginia so all those things are contributing to what might be the most anticipated season opener in a long time i don't think missouri's had all those things going for it in a season opener in a long time and that's a way of getting fans in The
0: season they are you predicting a sellout crowd
1: I am not predicting a sellout crowd, but I wouldn't be surprised by a sellout crowd. I think we'll see, kind of gauge that interest more as we go. Um, but, I I mean, when's, uh, Missouri's season opener this year, UT Martin. Who's excited for that? You're
0: telling me you weren't excited for that? Drew Locke's final season? That's
1: ex- that is... Literally exactly what I'm telling you that I was not excited for that. Uh Missouri State was the year before, mm-hmm. uh and both those seasons. The off season was quiet, almost deliberately so, just kinda trying to get back to football. And uh so yeah, we got that Missouri has we got a lot to talk about and Missouri has a lot going for it going into twenty nineteen now. Any other thoughts on Kelly Bryant Cam?
0: Uh I don't know. I think we kinda covered it all. We covered his kind of expectations, what we think he might be. Um, I guess I guess you know Mizzou's schedule. Um, I think maybe probably a lot of people do. Um, but what do you think is a, a realistic win goal for them next season as I pull up the schedule to read off to people?
1: Well, I think –
0: a realistic real goal real would be. Let me to read the schedule off real quick.
1: Well, I know they play the two big ones are West Virginia at home, and then Ole Miss is the West Division crossover game next right. year. Right.
0: So they open at Wyoming, West Virginia, Southeast Missouri home, South Carolina home, Troy home, Ole Miss home. So that's what five home games in a row. Um, at Vandy, I mean, yeah, at Vandy, at Kentucky, at Georgia. Then you get Florida, Tennessee at home, and then uh, at Arkansas. Well, you're not at Arkansas. It's at. It's in Little Rock. But right. Yeah.
1: I think a realistic goal would be nine. It'd be a realistic goal, and know if they necessarily get there. But uh, Ole Miss is a team you probably feel good about, uh, even though it's not. I mean, it's not going to be a cupcake. But in terms of playing West Division opponents, it's about as good as you could do. It's playing Ole Miss. It's a lot better than playing at Alabama. Um, so I think you could definitely, you know, going in, say. That's a game that Missouri would be favored in or certainly expects to win. so if you trade that out with Alabama this season you go from four and four to five and three. Um, maybe you Kentucky will probably take a step back next season losing all the pieces uh, on their defense so that's probably a game Missouri will be favored in depending on the circumstances So then you're looking at six and two um, and that and for Missouri this year, they went six and two in the conference. That'd be ten wins, so I don't know. I think I think that's a realistic goal. Would be nine, yeah. win nine, and depending on the type of team Georgia has next year, uh, maybe see if you can make a run. I mean, next year might be a year where things fall into place a little bit better for Missouri than they did this year. With I mean, the SEC East was really good this year. They, for the first time in a long time, I think they were the better division, top to yeah, bottom, agreed. than the SEC West was. Yeah. So, next year might be a little bit less competitive there. Kind of, I mean, Georgia was the clear-cut top team in the conference, but fighting for positions two, three, and four in the East was all neck and neck. You had Florida, Kentucky, and Missouri, and then South Carolina was right there, too. And... Next year, I think you'll you'll have that pack thin out a little bit. I don't think there'll be that many teams that are right there for the second-best team in the SEC East, and Missouri might be able to kind of crawl up there a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I um, Yeah, I'm with you. I think Mizzou, is, realistically, I think 8-9 or nine wins is right there for them. Um, no, I do think Florida's going to be better next year than they were this year. I think that's, that's going to be a big thing, and having them come here, they're going to want big-time revenge, obviously. It's
1: twice in a row, yeah, two exactly. years in a
0: row, Missouri's been – Missouri right. has humbled Florida. Right. I mean, I look at that at Kentucky, at Georgia, home versus Florida as their biggest kind of stretch. Like those are three games where I think that those could go either way. It, it's not even that Kentucky is so great. It's just that Missouri just struggles against Kentucky. Like they should have beat Kentucky at Kentucky last year. They should have beat Kentucky here this year. Like something just always goes wrong.
1: <laughs> That's that is true. Yeah.
0: Yes. So um, I think I look at those three as the biggest stretch. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think. Uh, a realistic goal is probably eight or nine wins for this team and maybe what depending on what georgia is maybe you're second in the sec east again that's i think that's again and it's, it's hard to say that's a solid season because you want to be playing that championship game but it's hard to do that when georgia and alabama are just so far ahead of everybody else right yeah right no
1: doubt we're going to take a quick break before we jump to uh men's and women's basketball to hear from our sponsors so hang in there and we'll be right back to talk hoops I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of the Mizzou Sports Podcast, MU Healthcare, Columbia Water and Light, and Phyllis Nichols of State Farm. The University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of Mizzou Athletics. Columbia Water and Light encourages the efficient use of electricity and water because it can make a big difference for all of us. Find out more at ColumbiaPowerPartners.com and contact State Farm agent Phyllis Nichols at 573-443-8727 for life, home, car insurance, and more. Thanks again to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. Okay, welcome back. We'll talk about Mizzou hoops now. Tigers have gone 2-0 and over the last two games, and we'll start because we haven't talked about Missouri's win over Central Florida yet, but it might have been the game of the season. It might have been the best home game that Missouri will play all year. And just in terms of actual entertainment quality. Yeah, it was fun to watch. What was your thought when Jordan Geist was stuck at the top of the key with like two seconds to go I was like, and two, two defenders closing out? I was like, uh-oh, this is over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when, he, when they were drilling the ball up, and I was watching Mark Smith because I figured he'd be the one to get the ball. And he was just like stuck in the corner. They were not letting him out. UCF was not gonna let him get the ball and I was just like So then I looked at Jordan Dice, and I go, It's like eight seconds on the clock and I'm just dribbling, dribbling, dribbling and no one <laughs> like, else uh Hello Yeah, and hello. no no one else is moving. It's like it was like Mark Smith didn't get it and they were just like Jordan, do something. It felt like it might be a J.R. Smith Yeah, moment. yeah. <laughs> I was like Shoot, shoot. It, Yeah, everybody everybody in the arena was just like shoot it, shoot it and it was so funny
1: re watching because you could hear the audio like as time was ticking, mm-hmm. you could hear the
0: panic in the crowd. It yeah. was like, oh. Yeah. And, th- and then when he started, like, you can see him kind of, like, gather himself to get ready to take a shot. And when I watched the replay, Terrell Allen, like, just, I think he's trying to time it with the clock. And he just jumps at Jordan Geist. And Jordan Geist he goes, whoop, can't go that way. And turns right. And then, um, I can't remember the other guy who was in front of him. But he, uh, he was, like, he jumped right in front of him. And Jordan Geist is like, whoop, can't go that way. And just, like, leans right to throw the shot up. Well, and, what, what angle was his body? I oh, mean, it
1: was yeah. like probably almost 45 degrees yeah. falling backwards and to the right. Yeah.
0: That was unbelievable. Pretty I, amazing. He even got it to the basket. Yeah. And that was my, my, I was like stunned. My jaw dropped. I was just like, oh my God. But again, like I said on Twitter, I mean, for a kid who took a lot of flack from the fans, had a lot of those opportunities last year, and they just didn't go in. Um, I think he, at some point you deserve to hit a shot like that, even if he's really not the best shot on the floor. Yeah, um, he deserved it. He, he put one
1: in out. his time. Yeah, he was. He was in. In he had deserved some good karma. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the best thing that might have come out of that was the reactions from all the players oh, that you yeah. talked to after the game. Yeah, Jeremiah Tillman, yeah. Kevin Perry. Well, and
0: it's funny you could see it on the video, like. Jordan guys is just sitting, standing there just staring down at the bench. And everybody else everybody everybody else on the court is like jumping. Kevin Murray literally just jumps into the sky. And then you see Jeremiah Tillman just still staring at the rim. <laughs> I, I, I asked him what his reaction was afterwards. He T- was just like, you could see on film I was just staring at the rim for like another 10 seconds. And I kept asking myself, did that really go in? So, it was, I don't know, it was crazy. That's one of those moments you just, not, I, I don't think I'll ever forget no matter how long I do this job. Like, that's one of those plays and those moments I'll just don't forget because that... I mean that's that completely changes Missouri's non-con season. Yeah, that's a top 50 win. UCF is a tournament team. Um, like now you're you have a realistic chance to run the table in your non-con schedule for so, the rest of the way. for the rest of the way. Yeah, that's I mean you if you can go into conference play eight and four nine and three, that's I mean that completely like I said that completely changed the the outlook of their season right now.
1: Yeah, it was uh, and, and to. Just, I mean, just to get the game to overtime was a big deal, but then yeah. they sealed the deal in overtime. Jordan yeah. Guys hit
0: another three, three yeah.
1: like on the first possession of overtime yeah. over somebody. Yeah,
0: over Taco Fall. Well, that was a Taco That's Fall a over Taco Fall, and yeah. then they responded with a three. And Kevin Perrier, who really played poorly o- offensively, took a massive like Taco Fall had a free dunk, and Ke- God bless Ke- Kevin Perrier because we I looked at Mitch Forty who was rest power and we were like. I wouldn't have done that. No Basically chance.
1: like stepping in front of oh, a
0: train. <laughs> he he stuck right in front of it, and Taco ran right into him, and Kevin just said, charge, thank you, our ball. I was like, wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, that, that was a big play, especially for Kevin, who wasn't playing well offensively. Um, I just don't think that was a good matchup for Kevin in that game. Um, but to make that play defensively was big, and Mizzou just kind of ran, ran with it from there.
1: Yeah. And the final score of that game, 64 yep. 62 in overtime.
0: Yeah. Defensive teams. Right. Yeah. I mean, UCF's one of the better defensive teams in the country. And Mizzou's, I mean, that's what Conzo
1: and That it, is like a Conzo Martin special right yep. there. 64 62 in overtime. Yeah. Then Missouri followed it up with, went over UT Arlington, which I think was expected. Yeah. Uh, 20 points. So there were no dramatics in that game. There was no end of first half collapse. There was no, you know, lull in the second half or anything like that. Uh, Mitchell Smith hit a three at the end of the first half. What's that face about, Cam? I, I was laughing at something.
0: Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mitchell Smith did hit a three at the end of the first half, um, which was, I mean, it was just, I mean, when he hit that, you would just tell it was just Mizzou's night. I mean, it was really their their night the whole night. Once they got a three, two lead, you could tell UT Arlington, I think had seven turnovers in the first four minutes. You're not going to win basketball playing like that. Um, I think Mizzou could have scored. Mizzou really's offense didn't have to be as good as it was yesterday for them to win. Um, but yeah, they were Mitchell Smith at that. Then they went up thirty. They went up like sixteen going at the halftime, and it was just over by then. They led by as much as twenty six in the second half. Um, Xavier Penton had a f- finish at the basket to put him up twenty six, and it was just. I mean, they, they was they were definitely outclassed uh, outclassing in Arlington that night. So what's so? From here. Mm-hmm. Where does
1: Missouri go? What what is the what is the rest
0: of the non con schedule for Missouri? So they have Oral Roberts Friday, then they have a week off for finals, and then they have Xavier the following Tuesday, the Bragg and Rights game that next Saturday, and then they end the season and non con season against Moorhead State on the 29th So you're looking at that, I mean that's four very four very winnable games. Oral Roberts is actually statistically worse than UT Arlington. So, which I find pretty hard to believe because that team was bad last night.
1: I can remember Um, back in the day, Oral Roberts, they were like a mid-American conference juggernaut. That's Bill Self, Bill Self era, Oral Roberts. That's where, as his first coaching gig. But man, I I used to remember, they would just run, run train in the mid-American conference. So UMKC,
0: huh? Not, not. It
1: used to be, used to be mid-American conference. Not anymore. That's a Mac. Well, that it. I'm talking like 15 years ago. Uh, okay,
0: it was a long time long, ago. A long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. Mid-continent Conference. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I just could look it up. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. you. Um. We don't. We 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 try to fact check here at the Mizzou Sports <laughs> Podcast. Sponsored by Columbia. <laughs> <Dream>. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but yeah. No, they did. They were they were really good for a while. Uh, but they they are according to Ken Kempom the 285th best team in the country. Hmm. UT Arlington was 259. Hmm. So if there's 30 team difference there, hmm. yeah. So again, <laughs> that should be a win Friday night. Um, so and then you have Xavier, who I think maybe that could be a 50 50. I don't think Xavier's ni- It's not. It's not even a think. It's obvious Xavier's not nearly as good as they were last year. They're not a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, they lost a lot of people. Brand new coach. That's one of a game. Illinois is always a 50 50 thing because it's Illinois. Bragging rights a lot of emotion that goes into that, um, especially with Javon Pickett, Mark Smith, and Jeremiah this year. I mean, one th- one third, two thirds of Missouri's starting five is our f- former Illinois signees, and Mark Smith played at Illinois, so um, that'll be an emotional thing. And then I think they should win a more hard I think realistically, you're looking at at worst eight and four going into conference play, which is pretty solid. I mean, at best you're looking at nine and three, just run these four off. I don't think if you're not if you're not eight and four, that means you lost to Xavier in Illinois, which you shouldn't lose both those games, right?
1: So, going to bounce over to women's basketball real quick. They fell out of the poll the, most, the last week's AP poll because they lost by 16 points to Michigan. Yeah. And since that 16 point loss to Michigan, they beat Quinnipiac
0: tournament
1: team, which is going to be an NCAA tournament team. Has been historically, they beat Duke, and then just on uh, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, they beat West Virginia by 17 points and West Virginia was at the time the number 1 or 20 21 team number 21 yeah beat them,
0: in the country stomped them in West Virginia and that was
1: at West Virginia
0: yeah Amer without Sophie really. she fouled out had three had four points she played 18 minutes right so,
1: in those three games, you've had three different Missouri players score at least 25 points. Yeah. Sophie scored 26 against Quinnipiac. Hannah Schutz scored 25 against Duke. And Amber Smith at 28 against West Virginia. Here's Amber Smith's line 10 of 15 shooting, four or six from three, four or five from the free throw line, 13 rebounds. Yeah.
0: That's unbelievable. Three that blocks, is a, two steals. Yeah. Pretty really good.
1: Pretty amazing day from Amber Smith.
0: It, it looks like they're finally catching, getting their footing a little bit.
1: That's kind of what I was going to say, too. Uh, it took a little while this season, but you're starting to see just the talent yeah. on this team come out a little bit. Yeah. And you expected to see it from Sophie. Yeah. You expected to see it from Amber, or maybe not to that level. I mean, that is...
0: That's first-team SEC type play. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think to see it from Hannah Schutz is really encouraging yeah. and then Haley Troop who's kind of had an up and down start to the season against West Virginia Haley Troop was five, or 5 of 9 from the field 3 of 5 from 3 had 14 points and 6 rebounds
0: which is good for her because Sophie told me at the beginning of the year that she was like Hannah uh, Haley Troop can shoot can make shot make threes with her eyes closed she's that good of a shooter and we just haven't seen it this year um and it was really good to see her do that finally do that this uh, against West Virginia uh, but, yeah, no, It's and I think it's also a bright spot. Like, you'd like to see Sophie put up her All-American numbers right now. But I think if they're able to win these games right now without Sophie, I think that even says a little bit more about this team.
1: I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a kind of indicative that whatever is happening there, it, it's moving in the right direction. Yeah. You're starting to see girls play with a little bit more confidence. Yeah. Um, and the positionless basketball, the free-flowing, you know, guard oriented system that Missouri can have moved to this season is starting to maybe catch some traction against teams that are gonna be in the NCAA tournament this yeah. I mean, those are not cupcakes that yeah. Missouri just waxed right, yeah. three straight games I mean, in a All row. three of
0: those teams are probably tournament teams.
1: Right. And the average victory in those games was probably about fifteen points. Yeah. So that's a good sign for Missouri going forward. They'll play UMKC on Thursday night, and then they play SLU on Sunday night. So two in-state rivals this week. Um, The UMKC game will be at Mizzou Arena, but the game will be at SLU on Sunday. Correct. So good things happening for women's basketball, too. Overall, it's been a really good week for Mizzou Athletics. Got Kelly Bryant. Got a Liberty Bowl bid on Sunday. Uh, women's basketball pulled it out against UCF women's basketball kind of on the up and then we'll have more keep an eye out on the Tribune today we'll have coverage from a board of curators meeting which from everything we've heard and as was reported yesterday probably going to have something to do with Barry Odom and getting a new contract so make sure you keep your eyes on the Columbia Tribune about that and the details of what's going on at the board of curators meeting but I think that'll do it for us this week. We pretty much touched on all the major talking points of the week. Yeah. We did. We should note, zero Volleyball, which had a, another really good season, uh, won their first round game in the NCAA tournament, got swept over the weekend by Nebraska. It
0: was nat, like the set, number seven national seed. That was expected to happen. Right. Yeah.
1: In fact, we kind of went into that thinking that they probably wouldn't win their first yeah, round Yeah, we didn't match. think they'd
0: beat Arizona. So, yeah, that's a pretty good and they swept Arizona, if I bl- remember correctly. Yeah, I believe so. So yeah, no, that's that's definitely another good season for Wayne Crucklow and the Missouri volleyball team.
1: Yep, good year for them that uh, that came to an end. But I think that'll do it from us today.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Subscribe and um, rate wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, read all of our work on the web on the Tribune's website, ColumbiaTribune.com. dot I'm screwing all this whole outro up. Out. So while I screw this up, Danny, just cue the outro music. And subscribe to Mizzou Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.